The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, Maca19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me this evening is Porsche. High low, by which I mean this is the season of highs and lows, and we've had two today. Woohoo! Troy Chaplin, offensive coordinator. So, for anyone that hasn't followed the news, Troy Chaplin has been appointed the offensive coordinator of the Melbourne Demons, which we don't really care about. Um, It's certainly a bit humorous, but first of all, I mean, Troy Chaplin's gone straight into coaching in an actual named role that isn't development. Like, huh? That's surprising. Mm. They're calling it offensive coordinator. I mean, that's a, that's an NFL term. What does it even mean? Is it forwards coach? What What is it? What is it? And how is he the only coordinator? Or are they changing all the rest too? Look, watching um, him play for Port Adelaide was very offensive. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Very offensive. He was a very offensive coordinator. But, um, yeah, look. I, <laughs> anyway, that was the down. <laughs> As someone that does go to Melbourne games, I will just forget he exists, and I'll probably be thinking, "Well, at least there's Hogan to watch. He's entertaining." Yeah, that's it. Um, but anyway, moving on to better rumours. The best rumour of the day is Hamish Hartlett being traded for Essendon's next year first round. Oh, sorry, uh, Richmond's next year first round pick. Yeah, that's pretty rad. That's a good rumour. That's a very good rumour. I, I knew like you would be happy one. with that, considering oh. you're a, a huge fan of next year's draft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Drafts are always going to be a little bit random, like you're going to get what you get. But so if you're going to have picks in a draft, you want it to be in one where there's lots of things you like. You know, it's like picking whether to do the $1, $2, $3 lucky dip or whatever it was when you're in school. Um, You know, you just take your shot, think about what's in there and then go with that. And I think that's kind of what we would be doing there. It'd be so good. That would be good. (gasps) That would be good. Um, Yes, yes. Unless Richmond win the premiership, then it would be less good. But uh... Well, I mean, that's a problem in any case. Yeah. But... You know, I'd be willing to take that chance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Look, <laughs> in all honesty, I think it's more likely that Hardwick's going to crash and burn next year uh, and we might end up with a top five pick or something like that, which would be uh, pretty sweet, you would have to say. We've got to wait 12 months to get the goods, but um, if it was something like that, it would be well worth the wait. I reckon probably my most likely situation would be that they do badly, but he gets replaced really early in the year. And then they have a coming home strong period, which yeah. probably knocks them into about, oh, I don't know, 10th, maybe, or at the most. Maybe yes. not. Who knows? Mm. But mm. anyway, that's still good. That's it. Right. Well, let's get on to this one because we've got a lot of players to talk about today. Dude. This is the first episode in our draft series that we're going to do this year. We're going to be going through each state and detailing who we think are the most draftable players from each state. Um, so we can look back on draft day, people that listen can be a bit more informed about who we might pick up, where they sort of relate to Port Adelaide and all that sort of stuff. So this week to start things off, we thought we would go through the Allies, as a lot of the Allies players are linked to the various Northern Academies, so we can run through them relatively quickly. Uh, but first things first, uh, Porsche, how do you see this crop of draftees coming through in, uh, 2016? Uh, look, I mean, same as every year, there's some players that have got a good bit of potential. There's probably, you know, in this game, in this draft, there's probably at least one player that will play 200 games. And there's probably several that play 100. Um, I think, though, that it is lacking in, I suppose, quality, like confident quality, big-bodied midfielders and in genuinely built key position players. Yeah. I reckon that's probably the big weakness, which for a draft, it 
you know, you can still find, you'll still get some good fines. And if you've already got a well-balanced list, like if we were Geelong with their one guy under 180 centimetres or whatever it is, something very yeah. low, um, then we'd, this would be a great draft for us to be in because there's oh, a lot sure. of really talented smalls and you can afford that. But we've already got a bunch of talented smalls, so that makes yeah. this draft look less value to us than others. Yeah, for sure. This is probably my favourite draft in the last, well, probably since 2008, I would say. This is mm. my favourite draft crop. I think there's a lot of very, very talented players in this draft pool. Um, as you mentioned, it is pretty much old small. There's uh, very few key position players out there, very few key position forwards. There's quite a few sort of interesting looking um, uh, Ruckman and key position defenders. But if you're wanting some interesting um, talented tolls, it's uh, few and far between, I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, the ones that are there, you sort of, you probably would be Still reaching for. Yeah. yeah, you'd be reaching to draft them as early as you probably will need to. Yes. All right, let's get straight into it and talk about our first player. We're going to talk about the Gold Coast Academy uh, first up. There's three players that we're going to talk about there that are likely to be drafted. Uh, the first one is Jack Bowes, who is a 187-centimetre, 78-kilo inside mid um, I would say his player comparison um, at the moment, looking at him, is Simon Black. He's a very well-balanced, um, silky smooth midfielder. Uh, he glides around the ground with ease and um, reads the play exceptionally well at stoppages. Um, Portia, what are your thoughts on Jack Bowes? Because he seems to be one of the most polarising players in this draft pool. Look, I'm not really a fan. I feel when, when I was when I was watching his tape, all I could think of was Ben Jacobs. Because I remember making several excuses for Ben Jacobs when I was trying to fight upside in him about a year afterwards, which is that it will take time for him to develop. You know, he's used to pushing blokes around at a lower level um, and he needs to work out how to get the extra pace he needs to be actually genuinely evasive or how to, to do better than just sort of fending blokes off at the last minute. Yeah. That's exactly what Jack Bowes does. He's constantly fending blokes off at the last minute and he's not doing it with like, you know, brutes, you know, huge surge of strength or convincingly. He's just sort of just yeah. barely getting away. And if he's barely getting away at this level, I have real concerns about his ability to do the same thing at a high level. Mm. Not to mention it's faster at the high level, so they'll be closer to him when they start. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure he scales well to AFL. That's my concern. Yeah, I probably think opposite. I think he's one of the uh, one of the real top players in this draft. In fact, I've got him number five at the moment. I've had him as high as number two um, throughout the year. But uh, he's not overly quick, um, but he does know how to find space in traffic, and that's super, super important. He can turn on a dime. Um, I think he turns his opponents into fools. And his ability to handball in traffic um, and sort of zig and zag is, uh, is something to behold, I think. And he's probably the best one-touch uh, handball in traffic midfielder in this draft pool. Um, I really like the way he moves. He's got a really nice kick. He is dual-sided. Um, his Division Two championships were excellent. Um, absolutely stunning. He did struggle in Div 1, though, which is a bit of a problem. And I think that's where a lot of people um, don't know where to rate him at the moment. Um, he only averaged something like 14 touches uh, for Div 1 for the Allies, but... He did also play mainly on a forward flank as well. Um, he did that for Gold Coast in the Nifle as well. Showed a lot of talent. Um, his one game as a genuine midfielder at that level, uh, he picked up a huge 31 disposals, uh, 8 clearances and 8 inside 50s in an elimination final. So uh, he has had a big game at state level um, in a final, which I, I think is fantastic. Yeah, look, um, you talk about him being the great one-go-hand passer, but I think the problem is... Like you see other people in this draft group that they are really good at that quick hand pass um, in the pack. And from what I've seen, he needs to separate before he can do it. 
Like there's a few guys that they'll literally just tap it on pretty much straight away and they'll, they're quick with hands in close, but he just needs to seem, to me, he seems to need that little bit more to, to create that little bit more space to get the ball away. And I'm, I'm, yeah. that's got doubts for me because you won't get that. The guys I think that that'll can... come with time. I think he's, I think he's got an underdeveloped body. I don't think he's going to be ready in year one. I think that might come in year mm. two. Uh, he can play on a flank. He played mostly on a flank for uh, Gold Coast in the NEFL. Um he does sometimes look like he's barely getting out of second gear, so I think he does need to improve that. Uh, but in terms of draft range, I think um, it's pretty clear he's going to be bid on in the first, probably top ten, I would say. Oh. Yeah, well, look, I mean, this is where well, I think there's a lot, a lot of... of people, there's a lot of uh, recruiters out there that think he could be a potential number one pick. Well, that's cool. I mean, I guess this is something where I need to look more at the draft fix draft players available in greater detail, which I'll be able to do in future weeks as we go through this process. But in a a draft that's low on these big-bodied midfielders that are becoming on-trend and that were filled the top four sides this year, um, then I can see that people might reach a bit more for him than they maybe should. Um, Because he is genuine midfielder height. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not convinced. I need to see more. I need to know more. Yeah. So hopefully the combine oh, look, will give a bit plenty. of plenty. I think it's fifty-fifty on Jack Bowes at the moment. I think there's there's half the people sort of are pretty unsure how he might sort of um, move into the AFL, and then there's the other half that think he's going to be an absolute gun. And I sit in the in the second group. You sit in the first group. So that's perfectly fine. I reckon. How does yeah. he rate to Port Adelaide this year? I think. Um, I think it's clear he's going to be bid on pretty early. I would love for Brisbane to. Um, bid on him with pick two. Um, they might be keen to pick a local um, and force Gold Coast hand uh, to use their first pick on an, an academy recruit, which would be great news for the whole competition, I think. Um, but I think it's more likely that he's going to bid somewhere um, around five to ten, and it could actually possibly be Port Adelaide that do bid on him. Look, I mean, I suppose it could be. Um, just going back a little bit on the previous comment about some people saying he's not likely to make it and some people saying he is. I mean, top 10 picks, you want them to be players that you know are going to make it at some point. Like, there's no there's no all or nothingness to them. That, that's what should be a top 10 pick, and that's what makes me think he's probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you I should be able to... Some people are getting a little bit um, spooked by his Div 1 form at the Champs, to be honest. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. He, he's also someone that's looked like he's going to be a high-end draft pick... Um, from last year, so maybe he's coasting a little bit. Yeah, there's always that. Yeah. As well. well, I mean, we, we should just maybe have that very quick discussion now, which we had at the end of last podcast, which was yeah. that it's entirely possible that these guys that have been told by their clubs that they're going to get bid on by, you know, Gold Coast or GWS, that maybe they do, sca- you know, skate by a bit during the year that they're due to be drafted, uh, for multiple reasons. Number one. They feel like they're definitely going where they want to go. And number two, the clubs probably encourage it because it makes them cheaper to bid on and they know what their genuine quality is. So that can yeah. be, you know, from the under-17s to under-18s form, there could be a little bit of gamesmanship going on with these uh, academy clubs. Um, we've, we've certainly seen it before. We've certainly done it before with Matthew Bode in that pre-season draft when we took him up half-time during a scratch yeah. match so he'd hide his value. Every club does it. And with an academy, you've got a really good opportunity to do it. And I think they are. So oh, anyway, sure. that, could be, that yeah. could be a factor. And we're going to talk about probably other players that we might say similar things about in the future so absolutely that's, that's that absolutely let's move on to our second player also gold coast academy and that's brad Shear, who's a 184 mm. centimeter 83 kilo inside mid a different type of inside mid to what jack bows is 
Um, he can also play on a forward flank as well. My player comparison for him would be Rory Sloan, maybe a Luke mm. Parker type. He's very well built. He's a plug-and-play mid who's uh, pretty much going to be ready to perform um, from year one, I think. Um, he's going to get a lot of games next year, I would think. He's very hard inside. He can find it outside as well. can also play on a forward flank, wins a lot of contested footy and gets it forward. Uh, kicking might be a little bit sloppy. Um, what are your thoughts, Porsche? I really like Brad Shear. Yeah. Um, I think well, he's a quality player. I'd love to have him at Port. Um, he can take a hit, which is really good. Uh, he, but he also has a, he's got a very cool head um, when he's playing. Like he doesn't lose. He doesn't seem to lose what's going on. He seems to have a good idea what's going on. And I, I thought what I really noticed was not necessarily hit the disposal of his kick, which is okay, but his decision making of where he was kicking to downfield was very good. And that's important for a yeah. midfielder uh, that plays a little bit outside. Because, I mean, the, the kicking you can improve on, but being able to have that vision and that ability to see downfield the play unfold, I mean, that's that's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon he plays a little bit like Scott Burns if you're going for a more outdated yeah. uh, um, player type. Um, really, I'd be pretty keen on getting him on board. But I don't know whether we do it with our first pick, probably. I reckon he'd be around that mark, wouldn't he? It's going to be interesting. I think... Uh, certainly on big footy, a lot of um, a lot of people are rating him as a definite first round bid option. Mm. I think he's going to fall a little bit uh, later than that. I think the question that some recruiters are going to have maybe just how much scope for improvement he's got. He does look ready to go. Can he go another level or two? Um, like Jack Bose, his um, Div One form wasn't all that great. He was probably a little bit better than Jack. He did have a very good um, Div Two champs for Queensland as well. Picked up a lot of clearances, a lot of tackles. Uh, also played a lot of uh, needful footy for Gold Coast as well. Uh, averaged just under 20 touches a game and six tackles as well um, across seven games. Um, I don't know. I think he might be someone that's maybe a little bit overrated on big footy uh, compared to what mm. some recruiters might think. I reckon he's going to be bid somewhere between 15 and 30. I reckon that's where he's going to fall. Mm. Um, I wouldn't mind bidding on him as well. I think... Um, I do rate him a little bit higher than that, I think. Well, I mean, I just don't see a lot of deficiencies to his game, and I do see a wise head on his shoulders and those two things. I mean, that's if you want to if you want to come out of this draft with a player that like if you want to come out of this draft with a player that you think yeah they're probably going to play hundred games. I mean, I think he's one of those players. Yeah, I think he's. Look, I think he's going to be a player that will be a, a consistent performer um, yeah. for Gold Coast. Um, does he have the scope to go from? pretty decent footballer to all-out star, I think that's where the question's going to come in. Well, I think that's what, for me, makes him sort of late first round, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in those, like, uh, 12s to 20 sort of range. Um, obviously, to bid, you'd have to bid a bit higher because, obviously, um, Gold Coast pay less. They pay 20% less than whatever you bid. So if a team really wants him, they'll have to probably bid higher on that arc, but he's probably value around, I don't know, 16, maybe. Yeah. I think he's the sort of player that's going to be a people's favourite. Well, he's always going to be his yeah. favourite, that sort of player, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'd be a really good inclusion in a side. Yeah, for sure. Now, next player, for also for Gold Coast, is Josh Williams, who is a 189cm, 69kg uh, wing or halfback flank. Um, if you're looking for a player comparison, I would relate him to someone like either Sean Attlee or Courtney Dempsey. He is, without doubt, the quickest player in this draft pool. He is absolute grease lightning. Um, very, very raw. He's got a very underdone body. He's going to be a work in progress at this point. 
Um, as I said, he can play wing or half back. He re- receives the ball and just goes for it. His kicking, his kicking can be a little bit erratic. I think he needs to learn to sort of settle down a little bit before he kicks, which is often a, a bit of a problem for for young, super quick players. Uh, but that'll come in time, um, and that sort of lack of, of composure, I think, would come in time as well. Yeah, I'm not such a big fan of Josh. Um, okay. The reason being that, like you said, he's a good receiver, but I'm kind of worried that that's pretty much what he is. He's a receiver. Um, I don't think he gets his own ball enough, uh, not as much as you'd want him to do if he's going to be a genuinely attacking player. Uh, you know, if he plays in a in a slingshot side, he'll look fantastic. Um, but if he plays in a side where, you know, you've got to really make the running and uh, win contests, I don't know. Is he really all that good at that? I mean, I, he's, he's look, he's got a lot going Looking for him. but I think. Outside. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's very, he's, he's only huge. outside, basically. Yeah, he's only outside, and you can see that. I mean, what you just say, he's 189 centimetres tall and he's 69 kilograms. Like, you know, I feel like that's yeah. bean pole. Like, um, he's going to blow over. Like, if he was in Adelaide last week, he would have uh, fallen over a number of times, I think. Yeah, he would have flown all the way to Melbourne. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, look, um, he's probably okay to get on a side, but you've got to be really aware that he's going to be one-dimensional. So that probably means he's more in the realm of a side like Freya that is sort of rebuilding, um, where they might be able to turn him into something else as well, um, but they probably won't. But at least in the meantime, they'll have a player they know can be outside and not be a plotter like a lot of their side. Um, I think that's probably more the sort of club fit for him. Um, And I don't think he's a particularly high pick at all. I would have said third I originally thought third round, somewhere around there, but I'm actually predict he's going to be my bolter on draft yeah. night. He's going to be my real smoky. I reckon someone's going to bid for him possibly late first round, early second round. He looks like such a Hawthorne pick to me. Oh, is he evasive or just fast? I think he's both. Oh, okay. He's, he's got a great sidestep as well. Um, and look, he, he was a real highlights player at the championships. He kicked... Probably the best goal of the entire championships in the last game where he received the ball at halfback, just zoomed off, took a bounce and kicked a goal from outside 50. And I think everybody went, wow, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. And, uh, look, if he can do that sort of thing at AFL level when he gets the body to do it, um, he's going to be a hard player to stop. The only, yeah, well, I mean, the only issue is like at AFL level, he'll need to run the other way too. And that's... Where the doubt is, so I, yeah, I, I, sure. I, st- I think, I think your idea of a first round bid, even at like you know the last first round pick, I think that's probably a bit ambitious to expect for him. I reckon he might get a seconder though. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, look, somewhere between that sort of pick sixteen and twenty five, I reckon if he's going to be a bolter, that's where it's going to go. But as you mm. said, I think more likely, um, he does look like a third rounder, like a, a potential pick. He's very, very raw. He may not come off. It's going to take him probably at least two years to get a body capable of playing AFL, I would think. Yeah, particularly building out that endurance base, um, for sure. But, you know, he's got that height and that height and that sort of... If he, if, he, if he can become that really pacey outside wingman, there's probably room for that in a few sides. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's basically a taller um, Aiden Johnson, who we picked last yeah. year. Yeah. Very, very, very similar. Yeah, maybe you do well out at um, West Coast or Frio, not just because they're not doing all that well or Frio aren't doing all that well, but because the ground is bigger as well, so they'll have more space to be yeah, an outside right. player in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're the three most likely from Gold Coast. I reckon they're looking uh, quite pretty there, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a good batch for sure. Yeah, that's what you want. 
Uh, right, let's move on to Brisbane, who there's probably three likely to get um, looked at as well. Uh, the first one is Jacob Allison, who is a 194-centimetre, 79-kilo uh, utility. Um, he plays kind of like Isaac Smith or even someone like Elliot Yo. He can play kind of anywhere. Um, one of the real sort of negatives about him is that he looks like a player that doesn't actually have a position. Um, yeah. He was uh, one of the highest rated players in the draft pool last year. He was a bottom age All-Australian. Um, a lot of people thought he would be a potential top five pick at the start of the year, but he just has not delivered at all um, at any stage this year. Uh, he can play as a tall running midfielder, can also play um, on the half forward line, can also play down back. Um, what are your thoughts on Allison? Look, I really like him. Um, and yeah. I, I know it, it, it's... You say that he doesn't have a position, but I think he does. And I think it's actually, for Port Adelaide, I think it's a position that we struggle to fill because he... One thing he is actually good at is he's really good in that light traffic. So not mm. where you're, you know, at the full of the ball, but that step away that we sort of rely on Polek to fill. Yeah. Um, and at his height, that means you can basically handball pretty wildly and he'll be able to run or reach to get it. Um, and I think that we've seen that in the vision. You'll look see him in a line, online now if you want to look him up. Um, I think he's got potential in that kind of that kind of role, being one yeah, of the guys sure. that runs in from the side of the centre yep. square at the centre bounces, that sort of thing. Uh, and then playing sort of half forwardy from there. So yeah. um, if I was going to say he's the third tall forward, I'd say he'd probably you would call him that, but he'd be more like a, uh, I don't know, he'd be it's more like, like a... Tom going... Lynch third tall forward, for like yeah. Crows style Tom Lynch. Ideally, I'd have him as a going forward tall forward as opposed to a leading from the goal tall forward, yeah. um, if that makes sense. Look, the one thing, well, there's a couple of things going for him. And look, I think this is a player that when we spoke about, they might be foxing a little bit. This might be one of them. Yeah. Um, because he has gone from a potential top five pick to, I don't even know where he's going to get drafted, to be honest. It could be anywhere between 25 to 60, to be honest. Um, trying to predict where he's going to, where a bid's going to come for him is, is pretty tough, but I do agree he looks best as an outside midfielder. Um, mm. The one thing going for him, he's 194 centimetres and he is very, very quick. He's got a lot of pace and he's got a massive kick for a right footer. He's got a 16 yeah. metre kick. Yeah, it's a massive. He's probably the the longest kick in this draft pool, I would say. So there are a lot of raw talents there, which make you think <laughs> this guy should be an absolute star, but he just hasn't put it together this year. You realise we're describing the player that we both wanted Hartlett to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Yeah, pretty. Well, there much. we go. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, there we are. Let's get him. Well, the, yeah, look, I mean, he looked absolutely stunning last year as a midfielder, but he, he, he kind of just floated around in the in the championships this year, didn't really have a position yeah. and just sort of floated, floated around, didn't really impact any game at all. Um, he played seven games in the NEFL for Brisbane, um, so that's good. Uh, he had some decent form there at stages. Uh, looked best in the midfield as well, so I think that's where his future's going to lie. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, I think that, like you could say he's an outside, but he's probably more, like I said, I reckon we need to redefine inside and outside midfielder to be like three stages because he's in that middle stage, I reckon. Good role for him there. Right, next player we're going to talk about is Jack Rolls, who is uh, another Brisbane Academy player. He's 182 centimetres, 74 kilo outside mid. Um, I've got his player comparison being um, someone like Sebastian Ross, uh, also maybe someone like an Aaron Hole. 
but a little bit more outside than Aaron is. Um, he's quite a busy midfielder. He's got decent pace. He's got quick hands, which I like. Good endurance. Um, his highlight of the year was a 25 disposal, three goal effort against Northern Territory in the Div 2 Championships. But overall, I think he lacks a bit of consistency from week to week. Um, and I don't think he's got um, the scope for improvement that's going to see him drafted in the national draft. Yeah, I don't like him as a player. I think he is he has habits I don't like. So yeah. he's you say he's got a quick hand pass and he does, but unfortunately that quick hand pass a lot of the time sells his teammates into trouble. Mm. Um and the other thing is it's really quite predictable. So if someone runs straight at him, he'll immediately look to the most obvious open space and hand pass there. Um yeah. so to beat him, all you gotta do is have one guy run at him, another one be in the obvious corridors of play. And then he's gone. He's out of it. Um, so I, I, I don't. I don't think he's. I think he'd need to show a lot more. He, I think he's got a really good little formula in his head. He's following what laws of robotics or something like that. Going <laughs> if if this then if this then if this then. But I, I think that you know for an inside midfielder, yeah. like you have to be a creative. You can't be an uncreative inside midfielder. Mm. Um, you've got to have some kind of ability to improvise and work stuff out on the fly. And I, I, I think he's got a really good routine. Um, but I don't know that he's got it for the top level. But he might become a coach. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, he's someone whose kicking was talked about as a highlight at the start of this season. And yeah. I think uh, Brisbane were hoping he would uh, develop quite well and play some really good footy this year, but it just didn't happen. I think he he really struggled in his execution and his decision-making was a bit of a mixed bag as well. Um, I think he's probably going to last until the rookie draft where I think yep. Brisbane can pretty much pick him up for free at some point yeah, there. And I think as a rookie pick, that's going to be a pretty good rookie pick for them. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Snelling than Rolls. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't swap him. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd much prefer Snelling. I think they're different sorts of players. I think Jack Rolls is a lot more outside than what Snelling is, but, um, yeah, I'd definitely be picking Snelling every day of the week. Yeah, and yeah, anyway, so there we are. Yes, yes. good. Moving on, next player, uh, the third and final player for Brisbane is Declan Watson, who is a 194-centimetre, 80-kilo key defender. Um, he's a strong-marking centre-half back. Uh, my player comparison for him would be someone like um, people's favourite Troy Chaplin or even uh, someone yes. like Tom McDonald. Um, in the fact that he does like to zone off, he's quite clever, he, he's a mm. strong marker, he's got really good rebounding capability, um, he hits his targets, he's got a great oh, right foot no. kick, he can play shut down, he can play loose, uh, I think he reads the play super well. Um, I'm a fan. I'm sort of, I'm very, he's a really tough one for me to decide whether I'm a fan or not. Because, okay, his defensive game, I like his defensive game. I think one-on-one he's really good. I think as a rule he's pretty good defensively. But I don't like what he does with the ball. I yep. don't – I think he he takes silly risks, like there's, you know, hand passing over a huge number of midfielders and he gets away yep. with it maybe, but they're ridiculous risks. He kicks backwards and doesn't hit the target. Um, lots of weird things blazing forward, like just kicking the ball as long and hard, as far as he can and hoping for the best and it's not the right option. His he's decision got a lot making... of confidence in his ability, I think. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of overconfidence in his ability for his decision-making. Um, I don't know. I, 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 that's the only concern I really have on his game is that, that whether that is obliviousness or arrogance or that it's just not quite coming off. I don't know. that, But that's Sounds the like real Troy question Chaplin mark to me. I have. 
exactly like that's why yeah exactly like Chaplin but his defensive work I think I think his defensive work is actually pretty good so yeah. from that perspective you know depending on when he's available in the draft like I think he's one of those guys that becomes early on you don't I wouldn't really consider him but no. he comes into consideration pretty quickly when he yep. gets into that later later in the draft like you start thinking oh he's still around good yeah Look, key defenders in this draft, there's a lot of key, good key defenders in this draft, but they are kind of undersized, and they're all around mm. that sort of 192-centimetre mark. With Declan being 194, he's um, he's a decent size for a key defender. They are in short supply, so I think uh, someone might bid for him in the second round. I think sort of looking in that sort of 30 to 50 mark, um, and Brisbane would lap that up, I reckon. Yeah, I, look, I think you're right, but I, I guess the other thing I have to consider about this is the shape of the draft again. Um, you know, we're saying there's a lot of good key defenders, but they're not playing against good key forwards, so we don't really know. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's, no, that's very true as well. Yeah. That's, that's, so I, reckon, I don't reckon he'll go higher than that draft pick range you mentioned. No. Um, I wouldn't expect that at all. I think he sits pretty in there. and um, For me, he's probably... Well, he'd be in the top couple of key defenders in the draft. For me, there's mm. probably only one or two that, that might be ahead of him. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. And Brisbane, for a young side, they've um, they got some really good key forwards last year. Um, to get True. a key defender um, with good size um, as an academy pick as well, I reckon they'll be loving that. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the fact that they'll pay 20% less than anyone else would, I mean, he's a natural for them, and I reckon yeah. you could lock that in. That is it. All right. Um, right, on to GWS, who have about yeah. a million... Bloody academy picks, bastards, greedy bastards. I don't like them. No, not at all. <laughs> Look, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, contentiousness around uh, GWS and the fact that they've got the Riverina area and there's a lot of very, very good AFL players that have come from that area and the Riverina uh, team of the century would be close to as good as any uh, country region um, across the country, I would think. They shouldn't be allowed to go any further south than Wagga, really. No. There's a lot of talk about that, and there's a lot of talk about, well, I mean, a lot of these players are actually living in Melbourne and, and playing yeah, Exactly. For they go to Caulfield Grammar or somewhere. Going to Melbourne Grammar and all that sort of <sighs> stuff. And it's ridiculous. There's a lot of talk about changing the rules, and look, if they're going to do that, they shouldn't be allowed to be a, a GWS Academy player, because what work are they actually doing um, for the GWS Academy? Exactly. Yeah, when they're living ridiculous. in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff, but... In any case, let's move on and talk about the first player, which is Harry Perryman, Ooh. who is a, uh, settle down, <laughs> who's 184 <laughs> centimetres, 75 kilo, uh, inside mid slash utility. Uh, he was an All-Australian this year, 2016 All-Australian. My comparison to him would be someone like Mark Rusciuto. Uh When he plays in the midfield, he reminds me a lot of Joel Selwood as well. Um, he is someone that can play absolutely anywhere on the park. Uh, very dependable, um, has played a number of roles uh, in the championships for the Allies, uh, played as a shutdown halfback flank, played up forward and played in the guts as well. Um, what do you reckon about Harry? I reckon more than any other player in this draft, I reckon he's the most likely to be a good bloke, by <laughs> which I mean he's, an, he's, yeah. a natu- he's a natural country footballer. He's got a bit of campaigner to him. He is good. He is confident. He is good at a bunch of different roles, uh, and I think he'd be a fantastic fit for like a scramble defence if you wanted to play him there, 
or just as a midfielder to, to mix it up. A physical midfielder, not a tagger, a big difference, but he could tag if he needed to. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Harry. Um, I would love to see him at Port Adelaide. He's oh, just, I think he's great. a... He like he's not he's not just a lock in for a hundred games in my view, but I think he's also a lock in to be a really fun player to watch for hundred games as well, which is a yeah. much more rare commodity. No, absolutely. I think he's um he's someone that could play absolutely anywhere. The reason why he reminds me a lot of um Mark Rashido is the fact that I think he's probably gonna start on a half back flank mm-hmm. and then is likely to move um Forward. move uh into the guts later on. Um which, yeah. Uh, yeah, which should suit him pretty well. Um, his form for the Allies was pretty good. Obviously, if he made All-Australian, it was pretty good. He didn't play a lot outside of that. He went back to his country and, and played some footy uh, back there. He played two uh, TAC Cup games um, and got to 32 touches and 29 touches in those two games. Yeah. So he can certainly yeah. find the football. Look, he's the, he's the guy. He's the guy. Is he in your top 10 contention? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no doubt about that. He'd have to be right. Yeah, yeah good. I've okay. got him. He's. Um, I've got him as number twelve on my rankings list at the moment. He could shoot up a little bit higher than that as well. Uh, I think there's no doubt he's going to go somewhere in the top fifteen. He'll be the first player I reckon will be bid on for GWS. Mm. Um, and look, it wouldn't be surprised if uh, someone bids on him with a top five pick. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we, this is a Port Adelaide podcast, I want Port to bid on him. Yeah. Um, if we've got the same pick that we do right now, I think that if you talk about a player that is a perfect perfect fit to go with Ollie Wines for the next however many years, like he's just a perfect match, yeah, absolutely be. absolutely brilliant personality match, skill match, talent match, um, would be brilliant. Uh, that'd be one of the great duos, I reckon, that would come off. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. And uh, screw G- GWS for getting him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. What shits? Because they're definitely going to get him. There's no way they're going to overlook him or um, or not match the bid. Um, the only hope, I think, is that someone does bid with him um, with one of those sort of top five picks and forces them to use one of their early picks on him. Yeah, but then we still don't get him, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, but it, it opens up the draft for other people. Yeah, I know, I know. And other players, that sort of thing. I really like him and I want him at Port. He's a gun. He's a gun. <laughs> right, next player is Will Setterfield, who is a another GWS Academy player. Um, also an AIS Academy member, played for Sandringham Dragons in the TAC Cup as well. He's 190 centimetre, 80 kilo. Uh, another tall utility, <clears throat> plays through the midfield. My player comparison for him would be someone like Brendan Goddard or maybe even David Mundy. Maybe a little bit too outside for David Mundy, I think, but... Uh, he's a tall, smart midfield utility, can play both inside and outside. Uh, very, very clever. He's great at getting uh, first possession and is very creative with the ball. He's got decent pace, really good insurance. Um, can play back and can also play forward as well. He's got a really good defensive game, lays a lot of tackles. Um, I really like him. Whatever there is to him that has a lot of people rating him highly, I haven't seen, which is not to say it's not there, but that I haven't seen it. To me, he just seems like a giant Oz kicker. He just sort of fo- no, no, in that he just sort of runs around behind, the, along with the ball wherever it is on the ground, and he gets involved. And he doesn't seem to have clean disposal necessarily. He just sort of gets in there and he gets he does something useful with it, but it doesn't look like there's any real method to it. And he gets a few possessions in open field play, but I don't know. He just doesn't. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I realise this probably makes him. 
uh, like you know, legitimately just a tall midfielder. But uh, I don't know. Like, is he? Is he? Is he going to do that consistently? I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> what's your thought? <laughs> I think he's one of those sort of new age hybrid type midfielders. They're going to want to play him kind of like Bonts, I reckon, and try and turn him in, into that sort of player. As I said, I really like him, and I think he's performed really well this year. Um, only played the two games for uh, the Allies in the Div 1 Championships. Probably didn't impress all that much there, but he did impress mm. uh, for Sandy in the TAC Cup. Got a lot of the ball, averaged just under 20 touches a game. Had one uh, particular game where he had 19 touches, kicked a goal, and had 16 tackles as well. So, uh, tall player that can probably put on uh, a good amount of side uh, size, can win clearances, lay tackles. You know, there's, there's a lot to like about Will, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's for me, he seems like the sort of guy that you know. Ten years ago, they would have said, "Oh, he's the next Anthony Kudafidis," like every other, everyone else is. Yeah, um, <laughs> he could well, now be. Everyone's the next uh, Bonten Pe- Bontempelli, exactly. <laughs> Gone from Greek <laughs> to Italian. Um, yeah, look, I, I, he's a player that I'm kind of glad that he's an academy pick because then it's probably not for us to worry about where he should be placed in the draft. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, I, look, if we picked him, oh, I reckon he would be a real up-and-down guy. Like, he could be basically another John Butcher um, in that people are saying, oh, yeah, Setterfield, Setterfield, and they might be going, oh, Setterfield. You know, you just don't, I just don't know what he's going to be. I'm really yeah. worried about it. Well, I think uh, there are some doubts there, and I think they're genuine. Um, I, I still think he's likely to go in the top 15. Someone's going to bid on him pretty early. Yeah. Uh, again, even if it's just a force GWS to use some picks up pretty early, he could go as high as five or six, really. Um, but he's likely to go probably between somewhere like 10 and 15, I would think. Yeah, fair enough. Right, next player is uh, Kobe Much, who is another GWS-linked player, um, mm. who is 184 centimetres, 79 kilos. Uh, another AIS AFL Academy player, also made the All-Australian team this year. Uh, player comparison, I would link him to someone like Travis Boak. He's a very classy accumulator. Uh, he's an outside-inside mid, um, and he gets a shitload of the football. He's a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a dead-set seagull. Look, I think he's been done a disservice to some extent because it looks like he's just being allowed to quarterback and run around and do whatever he wants. Yeah. He doesn't seem to go near the actual contest all that much, but he does sort of hang around a little bit behind it just so the ball can come to him there. That's not great. That's Richmond, you know, Joel Bowden-esque sort of um, rubbish. That I'm not interested in that at Port Adelaide, that's for sure. I think his stats are going to make him look fantastic. I think he might go in the second round or even the early first if the recruiters go, oh, yeah, wow, look all the stats he's getting. But I reckon he's not a part of a good defence or a good side. I think he might be a bit on pretty early, to be honest. I think he's grown over time. He absolutely dominated. He played four games in the TAC Cup this year and just blew them to smithereens. He averaged 30 touches a game, something like uh, seven marks, and uh, also laid a lot of tackles as well. Uh, I agree he is more outside than inside at the moment. I've also got comparisons to Nick Del Santo and Cade Simpson. He plays a lot like Cade Simpson as well. Yes. Um, but he is probably the best natural um, accumulator in this draft. Yeah, but look, I mean, I just don't know that there's... I, I don't think there's a great role for that, personally. Look, there's always going to be a great role for natural accumulators that can win a lot of the footy and, and play outside. I mean, not everyone can He's... be an, an inside player. 
but he's not winning it. He's getting it given to him a lot of the time, in my view. Like a lot of those possessions, they're coming from other players. They're not coming from him winning the contest. They're coming from another player going, oh, where am I going to go to? Oh, there's Kobe. Cool. Bam. Um, and that's how he's getting a huge amount, a huge amount of that possession is from yeah. just his teammates because he's in a standing in an open, empty spot a little bit behind the play. Um, so there's a lot of exceptional footballers that do that have made exceptional careers from doing that. Well, I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) As you said at the start, though, it might also be the role that he was asked to play because he is a very... I think he's a pretty good kick. He's probably not the greatest kick. Could be a little bit tighter, but um, for an outside player, though, I think he's an exceptional tackler. He's got a really good tackling technique um, and will probably win a lot of free kicks by doing that. Yeah, maybe. I think he's likely... Where do you see him going? Where's the bid going to come in? Look, I don't know. This is where I said that I think he's a... a, I think he's the sort of player that a team will go, oh, I'll bid now and GWS will match and they won't match. Like, I think he's... he's, I think he's very much one of the ones that could end up in another club by mistake. Um. Uh, Yeah, look, it's it's possible. (laughs) I think he's... Of all the... um, of all these sort of highly rated GWS Academy players, mm. I think he's the most likely not to be matched because they've yeah. got a lot of his sort already. Yeah. Um, do they need another player like that? Probably not. Um, I think the bid could come in as high as 10. Nice. Um, maybe a little bit later than that. I think he's definitely going to go at least in the second round, could push into a late sort of first round pick. And if he does push into a late first round pick, I don't think they're going to match that. No, I don't reckon they will. I reckon, I reckon, and it's nice for them to. It's sort of a nice PR thing for GWS to let a first round pick go as well, because then it's like, yeah. oh no, it's fine. We let you have that one. The, yeah. the system works. Um. <laughs> Look, if yeah. we want um, classy midfielders, then to be honest, I'd be pretty happy if we bid on Kobe Munch. Oh, no, just no. to piss you off even more. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's the opposite of what I want to see in a Port Adelaide midfielder. The absolute opposite. Okay, that's fair enough. He's not—he's not damaging enough, in my view. All right. Mm. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. It's good when we disagree. Um, the next player we're going to talk about is Harrison McCready, uh, yeah. who is kind of similar to Jacob Allison in the fact that at the start of the year he was probably rated the best hole in the draft, yep. and has slid down the rankings a fair bit. There, he's a hundred ninety-six centimeter, eighty-nine kilo key defender. Um, I relate him a lot to someone like Phil Davis. He's very athletic. He's very agile. He's got good pace, can turn on a dime. As I said, he he had a stellar bottom age year last year. His draft stocks have fallen this year. Um, Didn't have a great championships. um, Just didn't really seem to do all that much. Just looked like a stopper. And I think he can play um, a better role than just being a defensive stopper. Yeah, I had a. I've got having a lot of trouble sort of classifying McCready because um, if anything, he sort of makes me feel like he's more of a a tall Andrew Mackey rather than a key yeah, position defender. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I think he can do a job on a player, but I think that he's always just going to be best being maybe a bit of an intercept and a bit of a counter attack guy. I mean, he's good yep. on the counter attack. He's evasive. He's yeah. fast enough. He's got good enough disposal. He could be really damaging in that sort of second, third, tall backman role. Potentially second. He yeah. is not bad at defensively. Um, and that's why he was rated so high at the start of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. For exactly yeah. those reasons. I and mean, it's, an, it's an unusual combination to have someone with that genuine height that is also 
genuinely like a, a, a great counter-attack uh, player. And I've written down here, I reckon he's a Janus player because Janus loves the press and I think he would fit perfectly into a side that does the press. Yeah. The mm. thing I like about him is that he can run off and do all those creative stuff as well, but he is actually strong one-on-one. He's got good closing speed, mm. can get in a spoil. Um, he had a pretty good year playing for the Giants in the Neeful. He played 10 games and played in their premiership team, so he's been able to fit in at, at a pretty decent level already. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, I, I think that um, his record's good enough. He's did well enough in the championships, so I reckon he's going to be a... He's definitely going to get bid on quite early, I reckon. Yeah. Um, probably first round. But, yeah, that's that's one of the interesting things. I think um, he, might, he might be another one of those players that's fallen a bit too much on big footy. Um, yeah, I reckon. There might be a little bit of groupthink there. Um, I mean, his, his draft range could be anything from sort of 10 to 40, really, depending on maybe if people think he might have um, peaked a little bit last year. Again, like Allison, he could be one of those players that might be foxing a little bit. Um, it would be pretty nice for GWS to get a homegrown um, key defender, uh, not with the first-round pick, I reckon. They'd be pretty happy with that. Look, I mean, for me, Harrison McCready is, I mean, he's a guy that I've talked last week about or last podcast about how utilities usually have to be good in one position and then add to it to be a a genuine AFL utility. And I think he's in that category because I think he can Mm. be a key defender or he can be a halfback. Like it's not a matter of, you know, oh, gee, where do we play him or that you're constantly swapping between them. But I think he can be both. And I think that for me that that spells, you know, first rounder. I reckon that could even be top 10. Yeah. and because he's got genuine height, he's not he's not got any deficiencies to his build, to his height, to to anything like that. If we go go through the combine in the next few days, we'll get these stats on that as well, and he'll probably come out of that coming very well for a key position defender. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he. I reckon he'll be top ten. I wouldn't be too surprised if he ended up in top five for a bit anyway. Oh look, that's where he was rated at the start of the year, and look, if, yeah. if people certainly think that way, then. I can certainly see that happening. I reckon a bid's going to come in from Sydney, to be honest. I reckon he looks like an absolute yeah. Sydney sort of player. Yeah, I'd have um, a And especially with their ageing defence, um, I reckon they might uh, put a sneaky bid in there and, and see if they can um, sort of uh, wrench him away from uh, GWS. Yeah, I mean, that's what we... Look, that's what we hope will happen. And I guess the fact that Sydney don't have any academy players this year makes it super tempting for them to really just stuff with GWS at every opportunity yeah. um, because they can't get their own back. Um, so <laughs> they can just inflate and cause trouble. I think that that would be a good fit for Sydney. Um, he he could, in time, be Goods-esque, you know? Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Mm. I think he's got that sort of athletic ability that he could actually become... He could run through the midfield a little bit. Yeah, I reckon. Hmm. All right, moving on. Uh, the next player is uh, Isaac Cumming, um, who is a 183 centimetre, 72 kilo small defender, can also play as an outside midfielder. My player comparison to him would be someone like Darcy Byrne-Jones, also maybe someone like Jake Lloyd uh, yep. from Sydney. I think he's super energetic. He's a two-way small defender, can play Dow, but can also create as well. I really like him. I think he's got um, really nice foot skills. He's very, very good in one-on-ones. Um, I think he just lacks something, though. He lacks something. Um, yeah. Which uh, I'm not sure what it is, but he, he might just be a little bit too vanilla, maybe. I don't know. There's something missing from him, from his game, which makes me go, yeah, yep, he's got something. Yeah, look, I mean, I wouldn't care if we drafted him or not, so that means he's a late pick for me. Um I think he's. He, I think really, the note I wrote down on this 
guy is that when I was talking about, oh, you can easily replace Sam Cahoon with someone with a little bit more upside. I mean, he's in that category. I don't know that he's got a lot more, but I think he's got a bit. He's a good link-up player. He competes pretty hard, which I think is probably what keeps him in as in contention for potentially being drafted. Yeah. But, you know, he might just end up being a rookie. Yeah, I think sort of like a late pick or a rookie pick is probably where he mm. fits at the moment. He might sneak a little bit a little bit earlier than that, but yeah, probably not. He played a bit of footy for North Adelaide this year in the, uh, in yeah. the Colts and, and also the reserves. He played... One game in the Colts, which was uh, 29 touches and 10 marks, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, so he can get the ball. Um, look, I think teams looking for a, a pretty reliable small defender um, would be pretty happy with someone like Isaac. Yeah, look, I mean, he's got potential to be that. Um, if you're in a position where you really don't rate your current small defenders, then you'd probably have a crack, him in, crack at him as part of a batching in this draft year. Yep. There's probably a few good small defenders that you could have a go at. So he might be you know, one of the lower options that you just sort of take as a safety. And I think he could work out. Yeah. Um, he's from Broken Hill, so maybe the Crows will have a go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually, I think he's the brother of um, former Port Adelaide, New South Wales scholarship holder Harrison Cumming. Oh, yeah, yeah, Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, we so we might have a, a crack with him. If, if, we, if we do the sort of massive cull that we're all kind of hoping for, then he might end up being, you know, our seventh round pick or something. Who knows? <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah. Right, moving on. And uh, the mm. next player is Max Lynch, who is a 200-centimetre, 96-kilo ruck. Uh, can also play as a key position player. Um, I, he reminds me a lot of Brody Grundy. He's a very well-built, ready-to-go ruckman with uh, good agility. Um, he's got the ability to play either end of the ground and has done that throughout the year. Played mainly down back uh, for the Allies in the championships um, and has also had a pretty consistent year for Murray. Uh, Bush Rangers in the TAC cap, uh, Cup, averaging 10 disposals and 16 hitouts. Uh, he comes from a soccer background and has only played footy for two years. So in terms of sort of natural... Uh, footy pathways he hasn't really gone through that development uh, so I think he is pretty raw and does have a lot of potential I don't like him at all <laughs> I knew you were going to say that <laughs> I knew that was going to happen <laughs> I don't like him at all and I'll tell you why um, you watch his play and when he's at the right contest he'll take a tap and then Apart from the fact he sort of jumps up and down on the spot, he still doesn't actually get involved with it when he hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, he lopes around. He doesn't trust his kick. He's always looking to give away that hand pass and let someone else do it. And when he does kick, it's shit. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a tap and done ruckman. Uh, we're talking about he's coming from a soccer background. That's a pretty different game to what he's playing now. Uh, he already looks unaware of AFL. I, mean, I don't know that I want to necessarily improve all that much. I think he's a rookie pick at best, Rekka. I really like him. I'm going to disagree 100% there. I think he's one of the higher potential rucks in this draft. And look, it could be that he goes late. He could go late. I would like us to bid on him with a third-round pick. Um, I reckon that would be pretty nice. I'd be pretty happy with that. I reckon he might be achievable to get as well. I reckon he's got three years of work in him before you would consider that he might make a first team. And I think that GWS have got a bit more room to do that with the ruckman. I like his tap. I think in terms of tap work, I think he's probably in the top two ruckman in this draft. Yeah. I think around the ground, he's got great pace for someone his size. Um, You don't agree? Well, great pace is nice, but if he doesn't have the awareness, then it's nothing. Yeah, look, I think that's going to come in time. Maybe. 
to be honest. I, look, I think I think that'll come in time. I reckon he's someone... He, he does remind me of, a little bit of Billy Frampton as well, um, without the aggression, which is probably something he needs to, uh, to gain, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I do think he can often throw his weight around a little bit. I, I've seen him do that... Uh, I don't know. I, th- I really like him. I think he's got a lot of talent and I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, could work. Could be an absolute flop. Yeah. But for a third round, fourth round pick, I- I'd be happy for us to bid on him there. I'm happy for him to go somewhere else and us for trade him- us to trade for him when he's 23. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, cause he's, fi- he's, he's years away from being anything like an AFL Ruckman. Like, Genuinely years away, and he won't cost... I reckon, he, I reckon he's closer than that, to be honest. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe to getting on the park, but as far as being effective, I think he's a long way off. Yeah. Mm. Right, next player. is uh, <laughs> okay. And the last player, finally, for GWS is uh, Zach Sproul, who is a 197-centimetre, 84-kilo key forward or key defender, um, can play both as a centre-half forward or centre-half back. He's modelled his game on Nick Rewalt. He... Kind of reminds me a lot of Justin Westhoff as well. Maybe Josh Jenkins. Mm. Um, he, he's very athletic, quite quick, very hard running. Um, what do you think of Zach? I'm finding him really hard to work out. I don't think he's like Westhoff. Yeah. I think I think Marshall is more like Westhoff. Um, for me, Sprawl, I compare him more to a Chris Tarrant um, because I think he has got more mm. around-the-ground ability. Chris um, Chris Tarrant, yeah, I know it's a blast from the See, past. I think but... the reason why I relate him to Westhoff is more the type of role that I think he will play at AFL level. I think he's going to yeah. be that sort of third toll, lope around, do long, hard runs, long, hard leads up to the wing, you know, that sort of uh, Justin Westhoff's type player. For me, I think that his role is in a paddock. So what I mean by that is that I think that He's got the mobility that if yeah. he is against one other player in the forward line, he'll get the ball most of the time when the ball comes in because he's re- he's good at reading the play, he's yeah. good at adjusting, he's got this, he's got the pace and the endurance to do it. Um, I reckon you know if we if we're going to be a Port Adelaide that vacates the forward line and goes back to Slingshot or some crap like that, like he's a he's a fit for that kind of game plan. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're playing more than one tall, then you're probably better off with Marshall. Um, I, I think that Sproul yeah. probably needs the space more, um, and I think that that's what makes him different to Westhoff because Westhoff is is of his faults. He is actually good at working in small space, so I think that's what makes him not like Westhoff. Okay, he reminds me a lot of Harrison Himmelberg in that I'm just not sure where he's going to go in the draft. He might be a bolter um, pretty late, depending on his um, combine results. I think he's someone that's um, naturally really athletic. He's got really good endurance. Yeah pretty good pace. He's really good he, overhead too. He is very good. He's a good mark. He's a very good yeah. mark. Um, and did kick goals consistently in the championships. He kicked 13 goals across both divisions, which is pretty good. He mainly played down back for Murray Bush Rangers in the TAC Cup, which was mm. interesting and did a pretty good job there. Had a pretty decent grand final. Uh, I think physically he might need a little bit of time, yeah. uh, but he does have a lot of talent um, and I really like his repeat leading. Um where he's going to go is is the interesting one. Where the bid's going to come in, it could go as high as somewhere like twenty. It could go as low as somewhere like fifty. I think there's there's a real big range of where he might go in the draft. 
Yeah, I think, and also watch clubs are going to be interested as well, which is the important thing. I think yeah. that because of the reasons I just sort of gave, I reckon he's going to be a big ground player. Um, so I reckon that the WA teams would probably be more interested than, say, Sydney, um, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So I, I guess, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> is GWS even interested in that sort of player? Because I'm not really convinced that they are. I uh, want a homegrown forward. Um, I mean, they've got a few on their list. Rory Logs yeah, just re-signed as well. Uh, I reckon he might be let go. He might be rule. achievable to get for someone. Yeah, I reckon. I Depending reckon. on where it comes. Like, if he does fall to somewhere like 50, I reckon they might still be able to grab him. If he goes... Yeah. If the bid comes in somewhere like 20, I reckon they might let him go. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Hmm. Mm. There's probably another three or four GWS Academy players that we could actually talk about, but we're not going to. No. <laughs> because they're the ones that are most likely to be drafted. And now we're on to the players that aren't linked. Thank God for that. Um, hey. That might be achievable for Port Adelaide. And the first one we're going to talk about is Jamie Hampton, uh, who is the brother of the Crows, uh, Kirtley Hampton. He's he's a 186-centimetre, 78-kilo, halfback flank or outside mid. Um, comes from Pioneer in the Northern Territory. Also played for West Adelaide. Uh, in the SNFL for a bit this year. Um, I liken him to someone like Nathan Cracker. He's a very yeah. attacking back flanker, really good speed, great evasiveness, runs really hard to create, um, does a lot of backup, loves to take a bounce, uh, but can be pretty inconsistent. You see, when you said you compare him to Nathan Cracker, I was thinking for bad reasons rather than good ones. <laughs> well, um, spill it wide it wide for the bad reasons of Nathan. Look, um, I think that he has speed occasionally when he needs it, but I'm not convinced he uses it when he should. Um, and I think that if he comes out of the combine in a situation where he's clearly, you know, had to work really hard for it to get... If he comes out good, then I'll have worries about his dedication to playing uh, the game because he's good when he's got the ball and he's good when he can see he's going to get the ball, but I'm not yeah. sure he's all that good when he's not either of those things. Yeah, and that's, I what, think, that's what makes him crackerish. I think he needs to improve that sort of mental side of his game. Hugely. Where he needs to improve on, on when to go, when to create, mm. that sort of thing. He does love a run. does love to take a bounce. He is super quick. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a very good Div 1 champs at all. He was very yeah. unimpressive. Was impressive for Div 2. Played some pretty decent footy there. The thing I liked about him is that he went to West Adelaide um, and was very, very consistent in the form that he showed there. He averaged 25 touches across four matches um, across under-18 and reserves level um, and averaged just under six inside 50s a game. So he can play further up the field on a wing. Mm. Um, He's pretty confident in his ability. Uh, He likes to take the game on, uh, but he does make a lot of mistakes at this point. Yeah, I I kind of feel like his best... Uh, athletic future would probably be going to the NFL and being a kick returner because um, <laughs> yeah. I think that that would fit him perfectly I reckon yeah no, um, I can see that yeah I look I just my concern is that he, he that that off the ball off camera running and that he doesn't I don't feel like he gets his own ball enough I think he gets too much ball from other players yeah. um which I don't like in a defender yeah I'll look as I said, he reminds me of Nathan Cracker, and he reminds yeah. me a lot of an eighteen-year-old Nathan Cracker. Yes, yes. Although, although, no, let's say nineteen-year-old Nathan Cracker, because that first year he ran so hard to lay tackles on blokes, and the yeah. second year he went downhill. So let's yeah. make him a second-year Nathan Cracker. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Port looking at him with a late pick. Like, mm. Again, I think he's someone that was really highly rated at the start of the year. Uh, his draft stocks might have fallen a little bit. 
which makes his range a little bit difficult to predict. It could come as high as um, a late second round, early third round pick, or he could go in the rookie draft. Yeah, look, I mean, I feel like we're a club where one of the main criticisms we'd have of our team this year is that they didn't run hard enough when they should be. They only sort of ran when, in these exact situations, I just criticised Hampton for running. So for that reason, I think as a fit for club culture, I probably wouldn't be inclined towards him, which is not to say he won't be a good player somewhere, but I just think for where Port are at at a club, as a club right now, I don't think he's a good fit for us. If we change our attitude in five years' time, if it was another one of him around, maybe we would say he's a good option. But I I don't think he's good for our current setup. No, that's fair enough. I think the Crows might be interested with the whole brother thing. Yeah. Um, I think he's the type of player that's either going to play 150 games or no games. Yeah, I don't know. Very little in between, I think. I'd reckon 150 and maybe 20. That's probably my range. I reckon he'll play games, but I, I, I don't know whether he'll play many. Right. Next player we're going to talk about is uh, Benjamin Davis, who yeah. is... Just let me bring it up. For some reason, that's gone missing there. He's 187-centimetre, 84-kilo, third-tall forward, um, can play on a forward flank. Uh, player comparison would be someone like Josh Hill, or maybe at a stretch, um, the Crows' Tom Lynch, like a smaller version of Tom Lynch. I think he's a smooth-moving forward Um he does play taller than his 187 centimetres suggests, which is good. I think he's got really good athleticism, good footy nous. Um And I think it's the work that he does with his hands, which for me is the most impressive. He keeps his hands free in tackles. I think he's a great one-grab player at ground bowl, at the ground bowl. Um, what are your thoughts on Ben Davis? Well, first of all, you like him, don't you? Like, you oh. like, like him. I don't mind him. I don't <laughs> mind him. I think he's got... There's something about him that I do like. He's got a bit of spark. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, when I'm going through all these players, it's quite easy to name a few good points and a few faults. I had real trouble naming faults for this guy, but uh. somehow I still don't come out of it with a really good estimation of his of his ability. Like, yeah. I've written, I've written, uh, he's got a good brain. I think that was the thing I noticed most of all. Like, yeah. he's really good. He's good at the decision making. He's good at reading the play, uh, reading downfield, all that stuff. And that's really important for an AFL player. So, from that perspective, like, he could probably have a couple of deficiencies and be able to make up for them because he's got that brain. He could yeah. be really good, but I just didn't see enough to get excited about. Um, I don't he's know. Bit, he's very laconic, I think. Um, yeah, well, he's... He probably he's, ne- it needs to improve his intensity. I kind of agree, but I kind of think that if he does that, he loses his smarts. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think the reason he, I think the reason that I'm perceiving to have a good brain is because he's a good observer of what's going on. Yep. And changing that to become an active, like a... a, a, a a vector, a force of making the change yourself. I think they're probably conflicts with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he, I don't know if he better do it. If he can do it, he'll be amazing. So yeah, he's. I think he might have midfield potential going forward as well. Um, yeah. He is 19 years old. He's um, he's an overage player. He missed yeah. all of 2015 with injury. Didn't nominate for the draft, and because of that, um, it meant that he's ineligible to be a Sydney Academy prospect. Because um, his brother Abe Davis uh, is on the Swans list, he was hoping to go there. Um, I think he's someone that someone might take a punt on and go pretty high with, like yeah. with a second round pick. It could also go pretty late, um, but I reckon someone's going to take a punt on him. And so it, again, he he might be someone that's a bit of a bolter. I think his future's probably in defence. Myself. Okay. Yeah. Mm. 
I can see that. I can see him coming off a back flank. Yeah, for sure. That sort of Andrew Mackey type role. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're talking about that again, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a decent player. Yeah, look, I, like I said, I, I found it very hard to find anything negative out of his game. I couldn't see anything that mm. I said, oh, I don't like that. Um, so if we ended up on the port list, I'd be okay with it, but I wouldn't want, him, want us to give up a lot for him. So. Okay. Did I don't you think see the, uh, the All-Stars me. game on the weekend, on Friday? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. I thought he played yeah. pretty well there too. Yeah, yeah, he did all right. He did all right. Mm. Mm. All right, next player is uh, Ryan Garthway, who... Um, Played for New South Wales in the championships and is linked to Murray Bushrangers. He's a 192cm, 84kg key defender. Uh, for me, he plays a lot like someone like Justin Clark uh, from Brisbane. Um, reminds me a lot of Tom Cleary as well with the way he sort of moves and his haircut and the way he looks. Mm. He's probably got a loose tooth as well like Tom. Um, he's a very wiry key defender. Uh, got really, really good pace, loves to take the game on, uh, great defensively, loves a tackle, um, but his foot skills are something to behold because they are very... It's like a throwback to Paul Northeast, the way he kicks. That's probably the way I can say it. Maka, maka, maka. You've missed the perfect opportunity to compare someone to Dustin Fletcher. Dustin um. Fletcher. He is a bit like Dustin Fletcher. I yeah. think he's he's not as tall as Dustin. That's why I think he's more he's more going to suit as that sort of third toll. Um, whereas Dustin, at least at the start of his career, played more as a uh, more as a, a genuine key defender, and then played on no one for the last fifteen years of his career. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I I I, I kind of like Garthwaite, but I don't think the play. And this comes back to not having a lot of good key forwards. Like against mm. WA, he's playing against Donatica, who I don't rate at all. Um, yeah. And he 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 did a good job on him, but he did a good job against a player I don't rate. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know what to take out of it. I think he's good on the counter attack, and I think he's got the pace and the kick to to mostly be okay. But I think if you put him in a defence that is more careful and you put him in like an AFL high-pressure match where there's a lot of people waiting to intercept your kicks, I think he can get exposed, in which yep. case he might change, he might lose that aspect of his game that I quite like. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure where to rate him. Uh, and he's 192 centimetres, which again, against not great forwards is enough. Uh, at AFL level, that is short for a genuine key defender, and I, I think that's what he is. He's not a third. He's not a, a counter-attacky third defender. He's a he has to be against an actual opponent. So, mm-hmm. I reckon he's maybe third or at best. Yeah, I can see someone going a little bit earlier than that with him. Someone like the Bulldogs or someone like Sydney. They might like his pace and ability to sort of rebound out of the defensive fifty. He did have a really good season for Murray in the TAC Cup. Had a great uh, grand finals, well picked up 24 touches and nine marks there. Uh, but I do agree. I think he's most likely to go sort of late second, sort of third round, uh, maybe a little bit later if people think that they can't work on his foot skills because they do need to. Um, they do need to improve a bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree. All right. Next player. We've got two players left. Um, and the player we're going to talk about is Brandon Parfit, who is uh, from North Adelaide in the SNFL. He's a 179cm, 75kg uh, midfielder. To me, he plays a lot like David Zaharakis from Essendon. Uh, he's very solidly built. He's a very hard runner. He can play both inside and outside. Um, again, he had a superb bottom age year. He was named All-Australian in 2015, but couldn't work on that, uh, couldn't improve on that this year. 
Um, was pretty good for Northern Territory in the Div 2 champs. Couldn't get anywhere near the bowl uh, in Div 1 for the Allies. Uh, but it did have a very good season uh, for North Adelaide in the SANFL. I reckon he's a rookie at best. Um, I think that when you look at his play, he's, up, he's already showing he's up against it. I think he's... Yep. I don't know if he's slowed down or what's happened there, but he's struggling to evade. Like, he'll get the ball and, you know, you, he's, he looks like he thinks he's going to be able to run away from his opponent, but he's not able to. Uh-huh. And you see that over and over and over again. So he doesn't have that he doesn't have that burst ability to separate from his opponent and he doesn't have the strength to sort of push away or, or whatever else that he needs to do. I think, he, I think he's missing an X factor that he, I think he expects to have, but he doesn't have it. So I don't know if he's been playing with injury this year or something like that. That's what it looks like to me. I don't think um, he has. No. Well, if he hasn't been, then that's fine. But if he's had a hamstring or something, that would make a lot of sense to me because yeah. it looks like he's playing with an, an aptitude. He looks like he's expecting to have an aptitude that he doesn't, yeah. which is unusual. So he's right. either lost it or he's injured. Yeah. Um, in which case, either case, he's he's not a, a, a regular draft pick. He's a rookie pick. Yeah. Well, he's played 16 games across all competitions for the season. So Yeah. That suggests yeah, but, he, may, he may not have had an injury. I'm not too sure. Um, but it's a draft year, so you're going to play as many games as you can, and you're probably going to lie about your injury, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It wouldn't surprise me if, if he does. It might be something like a groin injury. Mm, um, yeah, it could be. Yeah, Because his kicking, which was a highlight last year, has just gone by the wayside this year. He just can't hit targets. And for me, he's a bit too wasteful. Um, he is one of the most natural ball winners in this draft, though, um, he picked up an average of 29 disposals a game for North Adelaide um, in the under-18s across seven matches. He had okay. a game which was uh, 47 touches, 10 marks, 10 clearances, 5 inside 50s, which is uh, pretty obscene <laughs> with that amount of bowl. Um, the thing that I like about him is that he does work hard to get into multiple contests, and he does back that up. He does get in good position to receive, Um but he just burns the ball a bit too much. It's just a bit too inconsistent. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. It's um, not. <laughs> he regularly fails to hit targets with pretty standard sort of 25-meter kicks, which at AFL level, he's not going to make it. If he can't improve that, he's not going to make it at all. And His draft range could be, I mean, it's huge. Someone might really, really like him and go pretty early. Um, there is What's a big chance he might fall pretty late. I wouldn't be surprised if someone might think he's worth a late first round pick. Oh God, no, no, no way. I think he might look. It's look. I don't know. The potential's there because of his ability to actually get the ball. <laughs> ball skills can be worked on. Um, There's a. Yeah, I, I don't. I look. I think that. His disposal again, I think it comes down to the fact he can't get that separation, so he's rushed a lot more. And even when yeah. he's not rushed, he thinks he's rushed because he's been rushed all game. Yeah. I think, I think, I really, he's a guy that I want us to get the medical for before we even consider what we're going to do with him in the draft. Yeah. And to, to work out what his injury history has been, because I think that, I think there has been one. And if there has been one, he might be a really good potential late pick. But if he hasn't had any injury, if this is just who he is now, he's not worth more than a rookie pick at best. And I yeah. don't know that I'd want him on our rookie list. Okay. Rumours of winter on the forum has asked, um, what has happened to Parfit this year? His prediction has gone from first round to late or rookie. Uh, and, and it's a very good question. I think he's too good a player to go in the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Of, of all the players this year, I'm most keen to see his testing results at draft combine. Um 
as amateur punters, I think we can sometimes be um, prone to groupthink a little bit. One amateur says he's going to drop. Suddenly everyone thinks he's going to slide. As I said, he was very impressive at club level uh, this year. And unless he completely bombs at draft combine, I think he sits like a third-round pick. And at that level, I reckon the club's going to get a bit of a bargain. And if you can work on his kicking, if you can learn to kick and hit those targets, those 25-metre kicks, he's going to be a bargain. Look, Maka, I think that um, this is me going to go on about height supremacy again. You talk, Let's take an example of you know a tool that has dropped in form. So they're under-17 form. You know, they look like they're going to be a first-round pick and they have a terrible year the year they're drafted. They probably dropped to the second round. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're under 180 centimetres, it is literally a difference between first round and rookie, rookie pick. You know, um, what we saw Surgeon go from, back in the years and years ago, Surgeon yeah. go from whatever it is to first round to rookie draft. Daniel Pierce, the same despite fantastic combine. Will Snelling, you know, is pretty highly rated because he just didn't quite have that height. Like, if you're a small player you're not going to be a first-round pick unless you are delivering in your draft year. Like, that's just an absolute fact. Yeah. Um, you know, it's particularly, yeah, absolutely, that's going to be the case. So I think yeah. that with the smaller players, you're always going to get a much, much, much larger variance than you are with tools. Yep. No, I agree with that. I think he's the hardest player to rate where he's going to go. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can see him... I, well, I can certainly see him going in the rookie draft and becoming a very good player off that rookie <laughs> off that rookie list for someone. Um, or he might just be an SANFL player that picks up 35 touches a week. You know? Yeah, I'm very much leaning towards the second based on what we've seen, unless he's got an injury. For sure. Now, last player, uh, probably yeah. the most talked about player um, on our forum this year mm-hmm. and certainly to come as well, which is Todd Marshall. Uh, also played for New South Wales. Uh, was kind of half-linked to GWS, but he was made an ineligible to go there. Uh, played in the TAC Cup for Murray Bush Rangers this year. He's 198 centimetres, 87 kilo. Um, player comparison, I don't know. He reminds me of someone like Mitch Clark, maybe someone like Sean McKernan as well. He's very athletic. He's got a powerful one-grab contested mark. He's got plenty of X-factor. What do you think of Todd? Is he worth I, the hype? No. Um, I Look, my main concern is his frame. You look at him; he is the narrowest player in this draft, right? <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, he's no, like a, he's, he's a skewer, basically. Yeah. Um, and you know, for a small midfielder, it's probably not a big problem. Mm-hmm. For a key position forward, I mean, that what that really does is it puts a cap on his ability to gain mass and gain strength with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he's on leads right now and he's able to get you know, a little bit of separation and take marks in, in contests against 18-year-olds, he's, he's good at that. But because of that physical capacity, I'm a bit worried about his capacity to bring that up at the next level and still be able to do that against, you know, um, 23-year-old um, fullbacks or centre-halfbacks. So he's got so a bit of the John Butchers about him in terms of his body. Oh no, nah, because John Butcher was had you know John Butcher had a better AFL body than Marshall does in terms of his ability to bulk up a bit. John Butcher um, would be the thinnest. Oh, would thin ha- would for have sure. The, the smallest waist of a key forward I've ever seen on a footballer. Yeah, well, the waist is not the concern for me. With he a could key fit into if, a size two dress, I reckon. The, John cons- <laughs> the concern for me is upper body development, and you look at Todd Marshall's arms, and they are really, really small. They're spindly, yeah. and that, he's got he's he is a player that at the top level he's going to be a contested marker, and you you don't get contested markers with those arms, you know. 
Um, and Do you think he has the build to grow into it? Because I remember Warren Treadray as a 17-year-old and he looked like oh, he'd no. blow away in a strong wind. He was still he still had wider shoulders than Todd Marshall. Like he's literally he's at Todd Marshall's at Hugh Minson category of narrowness, okay. um, oh, which I yeah. probably wouldn't go that far. Oh, I reckon I would. I reckon mm. he's exactly in that category. Okay. Um, so that that's my probably my main concern with him. I think as far as his production under eighteen level, he's been really good. He kicks goals. He's got a nice little ten meter burst, which gets him ahead of his opponents at this level, yeah, and it'll be be good. It'll be good to see how he goes in the combine in that category because if he's in the top ten in that category, then that makes him still draftable regardless. Because then, yeah. it, but it turns him from being a a key position forward that we're hoping he might be, but maybe he'll just be a tall Monfries type, and that could yep. be, that's okay. That's still a player. That's still an okay player that you want in your side. But I I don't think he's the keepers. I don't think he's a guy that you can say, well, we're drafting him and he's a key position player. Like I'm not convinced he's that at AF level, mm. but he can still be a really good player. I think he's a good, he's got a body that can that he can grow into. I think he's the sort no. that can put on a good sort of 8 to 10 kilos and still do what he does. No. He's pretty new to footy as well, especially elite football. Um, he did have a budding uh, cricket career and cancelled that. He was an off-spinner, 198-centimetre off-spinner. How about that, eh? Um, and he did cancel that to uh, concentrate on footy. Um, and he's certainly not the finished article. He's very much a player that's living off raw potential at the moment. Uh, I thought he had a pretty impressive champ, uh, champs, uh, kicked 14 goals um, across both uh, divisions, um, had a pretty good TAC Cup as well, reasonably consistent, kicked uh, two or more goals in seven of his 11 games. But it's his ability to take those contested marks at the highest point um, and also his ability to kick um, sort of instant goals at, go- at ground level, which I really, really like. Yeah, look... <sighs> I guess that when we're looking at key position players, we also need to be looking five years ahead. Um, and with some of the stuff that's coming out as far as the NFL, like they're talking about, you know, concussions are bad, but it's actually a whole bunch of little things that get in fairly innocuous tackles and so forth yeah. that cause long-lasting brain damage, mm-hmm. um, then we might actually see the contested aspect of being a key forward be diminished heavily through umpiring. Yeah. And in that environment if that is the way that the game goes, so it moves further away from contesting than it is currently, then in that environment, he could really thrive. So yeah. um, that's this is that's a long-term call in that respect, is where do we see the game going? And if we see it going that way, then maybe he's worth, maybe he, he becomes the perfect full forward of the future, same as, you know, some Ruckman are the Ruckman of now, then they wouldn't have been 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So Tricky. I guess the question is, his draft range, I think, oh. look, he, he is the most hyped. He's probably got more potential than any other key forward in this draft, which probably isn't saying much because there's no. bugger old key forwards in this draft. <laughs> but he could go as high as three to someone like Frio if they keep their first round pick. Uh, oh, he could gosh, go that. Really? I think he could. I, th- I think he certainly could. He may go a little bit later than that. I don't think he's dropping out of the first round. I guess the big question is, if he's there with our first pick, would you want to see us pick him up? No. Do you think we will pick him up? Maybe. Hmm. Um, for me, I I want us to con- uh, because of the top, uh, at the start of the podcast, I said you know because of the draft type it is. I want us to just concentrate on that centre square mid uh, section and maybe a, a good attacking half forward mid, and then whatever tools we draft, we draft next year. Yep. Or, although maybe you know a key backman potentially later. Yep. 
That's all mm. right. I, I would prefer to go small with our first pick. Yeah. Uh, if we get two, if we get two, if we get a top ten pick for Hamish Hartlett this year, uh, I think it's at an absolute monty that we would pick Todd Marshall with one of those if he's there. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, rumours of winter has asked another question on the forum, which is: um, Is Todd Marshall just hype? He doesn't seem to know footy or have the body for footy. For me, he's certainly just hype at the moment, but. Um, as I say, you look at the raw talent on display and you see he's got potential to be something special if he puts it all together. And um, We've also got to remember that he's not come through the traditional sort of junior footy pathway. He's only concentrated mm. on footy for 12 months. Um, he only played one game of football last year. He had pretty much no pre-season this year as well. He's coming from a long way back compared to other guys that have been through the system, been through state junior levels and under-16s champs and all that sort of stuff. Um and you've also got to remember that recruiters don't draft on what players have done in the last 12 months. And there's certainly a lot yeah. of people on our forum that are saying, well, he doesn't even look like he should go in the top 40. Um, I don't agree with that. No. like they, People draft on what they could become in the future. And you, I'm going to use the example of someone like Chad Corns, who was, when he was drafted, was exceptionally raw, unfit, couldn't kick over a jam tin, had shocking foot skills, but he had that one trait, which was a huge contested mark, which was enough for Alan Stewart to pull the trigger on. Um, and look, he became a pretty bloody good footballer. Um, you know, these players aren't the finished article at this stage of their careers. And it's, it's possible he has tired as the, as the season's gone on. Um, he has played, what, 17 or 18 games this year compared to one last year. Uh, so it's possible he's tired um, from a pretty full-on year. And... What I see in Marshall is a player that's um, got a great one-grab contested mark. He's super quick on the lead. He's got good foot skills, can kick goals at ground level. He's great below his knees. Has a frame that I think could hold an extra seven or eight kilos of muscle. Um, And he's got those raw tools that can put it together if he doesn't put it together. And there's no guarantee that he will. Um, And there might be enough doubt there. Uh, whether he can put it all together, uh, certainly, sort of things like work rate, mental application are going to need to improve. But of all the key position forwards in the draft, mm. I think he's got the highest ceiling for sure. Yeah, look for me as far as Paul potentially drafting him, um, I'm okay. I'm okay with us drafting him if we don't categorise him as a key position forward, and then you know say, oh, we don't need as many key position forwards now. I don't agree with that. I think if we categorise him as, say, a half forward or something like that, so maybe that means we don't you know, pick up more Monfrey's types marking smalls and we treat him as if he's replacing a marking small. I think that's a better for the squad. I think it works, and I think that that's a role he can effectively play. Yep. Um, the thing I really like about him, though, and I think that is one of the things that Bigfooty is probably down on, he looks laconic. Like, he looks like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. But... That's his face. Look at his play. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the huge... No, that's... Because that's, when you look at Matthew Lloyd back in the day, yeah. he never looked like he gave a shit. He didn't oh, look like he even knew what planet he was on. Matthew Lloyd looked like a fish. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you, but you look at Parfit, um, Marshall, sorry, uh, and when he... Like, you'll see him run and he, he goes for the leads, but more importantly, when he can see the ball stuffed up upfield, he doesn't, you know... Then put his hands on his hip and shout at his teammate for not getting it right. He's running yeah. and continues his lead onwards and has a crack at getting the ball from wherever it's landed, yeah. even if it's not coming to him in a mark. He's, like he's, he a, gets he's a different involved. sort of laconic to someone like Westhoff, who looks like yeah, he's well, going hugely. in, in you know, first gear pretty much all the time and doesn't chase or anything. Like Marshall, like when the ball's near him, he runs like a. He does. Jet. 
And he chases like a jet as well, and he can lay a pretty bloody mean tackle for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he at the moment, way, so. he does go missing for 50, 60 minutes at a time, which, um, you know, sees his output sort of a bit lower than what I think a lot of people hope it should be at this stage. And I think that as far as teams that might get him, I think he'll do better in a really disciplined side than he will at a side that'll treat him like a god. Um, so if he, ended up, if he ended up at Carlton, for example, and they treat him anything like they treated Favola, he'll be terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he's still sort of an outsider to football and you might still be able to retain that, hey, I'll keep contesting and keep contesting aspect to his game, I think that's what will make him a viable AFL player uh, and worth having on a list. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly going to be one to watch, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all if he's at Port Adelaide next year. Um, yeah. Whether he becomes another Johnny Butcher or whether he becomes another Warren Treadray, time will tell. Oh, he won't be either. <laughs> He'll be Todd Marshall. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it that way. Um, yeah. He, he, yeah, I don't know. I have to think about who he'll be, but I don't have an answer for that right now, so I'm not going to make yeah. you wait. Well, that's it. <laughs> That is done. It's hey. been a long one. Uh, don't worry, everyone. The next uh, draft uh, one we're going to do is going to have a lot less players in it. Um, yeah. We're going to concentrate on sort of 8 to 10 as opposed to 18 tonight. So it was just good to get the allies out out of the way and done with only one hit. Uh, so that has been a long one. Um, the next time we're going to be on is going to be Monday, where we do the next uh, group of player reviews, which I think which is probably something like the up-and-comers. It's a whole bunch of young players. And I think Rick's going to join us for that one as well. Yeah, that'll be good. And which is the next draft group we do? It's SA, isn't it? The next draft group is going to be, yeah, SA part one. So we're okay. splitting SA into two groups and we're going to do part one. <laughs> we're going to split them into to small players and really small players. <laughs> I've mixed it up. I've mixed it up Ooh, just to be okay. different. And okay, uh, cool. so we can uh, yeah talk about a few different player types in the one go. All right, good. <laughs> Just to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I wouldn't. Wouldn't it be better doing it that way. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you. And uh, yeah, join us again on Monday. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Go Hamish Hartlett to Richmond for number one pick next year. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Make it happen. Yes, please. Bye. Not a lame kick of the ball. Think about going short. He's got Lobie inside 50. Ignores that. Keeps it low. Wingard takes off. Hands it up to Boat. The captain sees Westhoff. He's in the square. He doesn't need him.